Good morning. Welcome to the Long Live Alternative Parties podcast. Free Press Media Press Inc. and Alternative Parties Books Publisher sponsors this podcast. I'm Andrew Bouchard. Welcome to the Long Live Alternative Parties podcast. Today, friends, we have another exciting guest on this podcast. She has done a lot in her alternative party career, and she's going to talk to us about her past, future, and present. Her name is Brittany Cozen. And she's going to tell us more about what she represents, who she belongs with, and what she's done. So welcome to the podcast, Brittany. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Brittany, if we could get started by you, please giving us an introduction to yourself, a brief biographical sketch. Um, so uh, I am 32 years old, and I've been just newly um, involved in the political scene with uh, the Libertarians. Um I started everything pretty much back in 22 when I ran for my local uh, state rep. Um, Before that, I pretty much kept to myself as a volunteer firefighter, uh, EMT, and emergency room registered nurse, um, as well as a mom to three children um, and a a lovely wife. (laughs) So... Other than that, really not involved in politics all that much. Um, But then just kind of really didn't like how things were going and saw an opportunity to run and kind of tried to get get my feet wet in the politics and went from there. Oh, wow. So it sounds like you have a lot of things going on. You have a lot of pots on the stove. Pretty much, yeah. Wow, we applaud that. So the state representative position, first, first, given your background in as a firefighter, and you said also a nurse too, right? Yes. How has your career experiences influenced your politics? Um, a lot of it has helped me. I just really wanted to give uh, those populations um, a voice in the uh, political world more than um, they have currently. A big thing that got me into it was with being a nurse through uh, COVID and everything was the um, safe, safe staffing ratios and just basically how um, we were being treated everything so that kind of just really is what pushed it but it just really helps with um talking to people and understanding people and being on and just being there for them and being their voice is pretty much as a nurse you advocate for your patients and as a firefighter you're there to help save them um in a time that they're not uh probably at their their best so it really helps with handling things along those lines with it um, and just kind of being less uh, career politician and more kind of of the people. Sounds good. So your 2022 state rep race, kindly tell our audience what that was like, what your experiences were like. So it started out, I originally was going, uh, attempting to run um, as a Republican, and it was 
uh, the previous uh, representative in our area uh, was re- retiring. Um, okay. And so it was going to be an open seat. Uh, so I was like, well, I'm a registered Republican at the time, and I'm, why not? Let's go. So I um, announced my intentions, and then shortly after that, the uh, county um, Republican Party had their candidate that they really wanted. So they uh, put someone up against me for that, and um, pretty much it was a a headache from the start with that. Um, Yeah, if you're not in our area, if you're not, like, um, tapped on the the shoulder for it and given their blessing, uh, they'll do everything to get you out and out of their competition, basically. And so they ended up going, and I did withdraw as a Republican um, before the primary, um, later I did switch to Libertarian. Okay. Uh, they still wanted to run, but they were trying their darndest to keep me off the ballot. Um, I went through, got all of my signatures as best as I could, and they still went and uh, took me all the way to the uh, state Supreme Court for sore loser, saying that I... Basically, that I had run as a Republican and then switched parties, which I never showed up on the primary ballot. Um, so there's no way that I could have lost if I never showed up on the ballot. Um, sure. But they still took uh, – the judges still took that as an attempt and did have me removed from the November ballot. Uh, so I – that ended my um, – state rep uh, escapades and run there and um, just kind of all of that just kind of lit a little bit more of a fire under me to at least get involved in maybe smaller areas but still get involved and work my way back up eventually to something a little bit bigger. Sure. So, so that's are you, when I I'm went, sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. sorry I go ahead. That's when I went for my um, township supervisor the next year. Oh, okay. Last year, yep. <laughs> so how did that go? Um, that went well, but I I still did not win because again they had their uh, favorite that was kind of picked for that position prior. Um, but I did I did um, outperform um, my expectations. Um, oh, good. I ended up I I ended up getting uh, probably about a third of the vote, so it was just just a little short, but um, it did kind of show that there is a change coming and people are not just uh, voting uh, party lines. I was a registered libertarian and was running a third party in my township. So it did really uh, kind of open their eyes that the the constituents uh, are wanting some change there. Sure. I've heard that the scholars and the pundits are looking at this 2024 year and they think it might have a fertile opportunity for alternative parties. Do you think that's the case? Um, I'm definitely seeing a lot more people 
um, being open to uh, third-party candidates okay. um, and hearing them out and, and definitely just being a little bit more open-minded. Um, and I think they're just seeing that um, the major parties aren't always the way to go. Yes, yes. That's good that people are opening their minds to the possibilities of alternative parties. Yeah, it's nice to see. So in the 2023 election, you're talking about how you ran that race and you had the 2022 election right before it. That's pretty good going from one year right to the next. So what did you learn during the 2023 race? Um, the big thing I learned is that um, it, it really takes a village. Um, you, you really need um, volunteers and people to help get to those doors because the more you get um, and sh- out to the to the voters in person, um, the more chance you have to flip their vote to uh, your side because they're able to see you and talk to you and and get their questions answered or at least um, put out there and uh, their an- answers eventually given um, if you can't give something right then and there. Uh, I did have a little bit of difficulty just because, again, um, being third party and and new to a lot of stuff, um, it was just my husband and I really pretty much door knocking most of the time um, against a group that was sending out 10 to 15 people every weekend. Um, so two against 15, and when we have kids and stuff, it's it's tough to yeah, get to those like, doors. But, yeah, yeah, in my township, to, to really do any any real impact of getting to those voters, you need to get to, like, ten to 15,000 doors. Um, oh, my. Yeah, you need to get to a lot of doors. So we have some um, denser populations in the township of, like, townhouses and stuff like that so it it's it goes quickly but it, it's tough and it definitely i did learn uh to keep a little bit tougher skin with some people just because there uh, are people that still aren't open and everything and they'll be a little a little abrasive um when they either answer the door and or just don't lose the don't get disheartened if you go through three doors and no one answers or four doors and no one answers. And sure. You're going through and you're like, I've knocked on 20 doors and I've only talked to three people. Um, just it, those three people could be three votes. So just kind of keeping a positive attitude and a really good pair of walking shoes. Sure. Now, 2023, the pandemic officially ended on May in May of 2023. So did do you think that made some people reluctant to uh, to answer the door, or do you think people were over COVID by then and didn't that um, didn't affect it? I know in my area, um, it really wasn't that much of an issue with people opening the door. Um, I was respectful of a lot of people because a, a decent amount would come to the door and just kind of talk to you through either the side glass or crack it a little bit, um, and and I was cognizant of it and just respected people with um, wherever they were at in their um, opinions on the uh, pandemic. 
I had sure. some that were like, I never, I never believed any of this from day one. And I had others that were coming to the door with full mask and gloves and very like, like skeptical of anything from taking anything from someone that they don't know and that isn't wearing um, a mask or gloves or anything like that. But sure. I had everyone in between. So it's just kind of being respectful and meeting them where they are and where they felt comfortable. That sounds like a good approach. That, yeah, that sounds good. So 2024 is here now. We're, we started, as of this recording, we started a few days into 2024. Are you planning on running for office in 2024, or are you taking that time off? I am taking this year off. Um, I am helping in, <clears throat> still in the political um, realm. Um, with presidential candidate and stuff. Okay. Um, but I am not running myself. I'm taking this year off for campaigning on my end. Um, okay. I am going to be running in 25, though. So. Oh, okay. So you have plans in the future, in the near future. Yeah. I just, I pretty much have been campaigning for two years straight. So I kind of needed a little bit of a break. Yeah, that's time understandable. With the kids and, and yes. enjoy the summer and everything. Sure. Do you have a particular office in mind in 2025? That's an off year, so I don't think there's too much probably in your area, right? No. So I'm running again for my township supervisor because um, the way ours runs, they are six-year terms. We have three of them, and they pretty much every other year, one of them is up for election just because okay, so by the time large. you come back. Yep, it's it's uh, every two years there's there'll be one that's up for election just because by the time they come back around it'll be six years. Okay. So um, I will be running for township supervisor again um, in 25. Uh, so oh. that's also and that's also a um, school board race in our area. So and our um, our school board is pretty um, pretty hot topic. Because oh. um, we're uh, we're Central Buck School District, and so um, we've been in the news not not for the greatest of um, things. I wish oh, we were no. on better terms, but um, yeah, we're pretty. Um, just it's a little bit of a charged um, race, and they did um, last I had known that they um, did do a little bit of tweaking to the. Um, the regions for that, um, same as with when in, in 22, we had the, um, redistricting of uh, our regions, um, cause of the census. So it's going to be, um, another little bit of an interesting, uh, year for that. Um, but the turnout will probably be much higher than a normal off, uh, major election sure <clears throat> so we talked about what you've learned from the election in 2023 and you also made what you learned from the 2022 one so are you planning on doing anything differently this time incorporating <laughs> those lessons or do you think you got a general good approach that is honed the way it is um i do i i have I have a good idea of what I intend to do. 
Okay. Um, again, big thing is, is the door knocking and just really that, that outreach and getting out to people with stuff. Um, and uh, more just bringing in volunteers and interns into the campaign just to help and um, just have more bodies assisting. Um, I learned that it is really hard when it's just myself and my husband trying to do yeah. everything um, yes. it's it's definitely a challenge that i've always had of just kind of delegating and, and asking for assistance i'm a pretty stubborn and independent person so it's something that's taken years and years of of wearing down to w be able to go and say okay i need help with this and letting people help <laughs> um but yeah we uh are going to be pulling in some interns so i'm big on just helping people learn and everything and at the same time that um mutual benefit they get to learn with the, within a campaign nothing huge and crazy but um they get the learning experience and i get the assistance and what knowledge they have from from school that they've been learning and everything, so it's a mutual benefit there. Okay. So, what type of what what skills in particular are you looking for? Who, what do you think the skills that would be the most impactful to recruit for your upcoming campaign or campaigns? Um, I definitely um, just need. I really look for people that are. Um, personable and um hard workers and just willing to to go and uh those go getters and stuff. Um but the, again you don't want to be too too much because that that can deter people from wanting to listen to you if you're a little too um out there and and I, I I guess I would use the word like not necessarily aggressive, but like it's a positive side of aggressive. There's there's sure. those that are a little too too gung ho, but um, yeah, those the ones that are the go getters and stuff are the the ones that are the greatest to help. Sure. So it sounds like you're looking mostly for character and work ethic over specific specific skill sets. Yeah, and that's because it's it's. <laughs> with that it's it's like the character it's skill sets can skills can be learned and and directed and everything and, and people can pick up on a skill. Um sure. it's harder for the charisma and the personal the personableness and um just the conversation level. Um it's harder to learn things like that. Those are more like innate traits in a person. <laughs> sure. So, Brittany, how can our audience support you and your party? Um, my biggest thing is just really is um, big on social media is just sharing, even if it's just getting it out there and getting might not even if it's not in my area it's not that big deal but getting people to um share the message because 
someone in someone else's area might agree with it and be like, hey, I might want to run for my local office. And it's just getting more people to run for the local lower level offices. Sure. That sounds like a good strategy. Brittany, thank you for coming on the podcast today and talking about your campaign. I trust our audience who have listened to this has found that informative and inspiring that they can use in their activist and political efforts. Oh, it was my pleasure. I'm glad I lasted as long as I did with my laryngitis here. <laughs> hear that, friends? She has laryngitis and she's on the podcast. What a trooper. <laughs> We appreciate that. We appreciate your your attitude or the show must go on. That's what we're all about here. That's the spirit Pretty of what much. we do. All right. May your show always go on, and may you keep fighting the good fight. Thank you. Best of luck for you, too. All right. Take care and all the best. You, too. Bye-bye.